0: WJFK, our premier broadcast into Washington, D.C. Back in Washington. Oh, that feels good. Washington DC. It's inside the beltway on the After Further Review Podcast Network. Broadcasting live outside of our nation's capital. It's showtime. Here is your host, Annax
1: Ford. Dale Forrest. Welcome
0: in Inside the Beltway, Episode 3. Well, I guess technically episode 2 of an independent episode. But episode three overall, hoping this time I'm not deleting recordings, because there's quite frankly nothing worse than setting fire to 35 minutes of recording. Tonight is going to be a brief episode. I say tonight because I'm recording this as the sun is down, but this is your Thursday episode. So happy Thursday. Welcome in. Thank you so much for joining us. On Inside the Beltway, and by us, I mean me, myself, and I. It is your host, your captain of the ship, Connor Forrest, riding solo tonight. It's going to be a quick one tonight uh, because I I, I do think that it's, you know, look, towards the end of the preseason, there's only kind of so many things we can speculate on and talk about until just real games start. Um, So I'm so excited for week one coming up here. Uh, against the Cardinals, um, for, for the commanders. I mean, it's, it's going to be a really, really big game. I think it's going to be a big game for the fans, big game for the team. And, and obviously, I think a big game for the city. It's going to be our first official regular season game with Dan Snyder, uh, post Dan Snyder taking a boot to the aft and leaving for. The country of England, which is always a good thing. Uh, so welcome in and thank you so much for joining us. It is Thursday tomorrow. Reminder, after further review, we'll return. Shawnee will be live in studio in Ashburn. And we will be guiding you through our final breakdown, which is the NFC and AFC South. We'll be breaking down every team in the AFC and NFC South. And by the end of tomorrow, you will have gone through all 32 NFL teams to prepare you and get you ready. For week one of the NFL season, so let's jump right in. What are we trying to cover tonight on Inside the Beltway? So, uh, a couple things. I want to go through the fifty-three man roster. Right, this is post um, this is this is post uh, preseason cuts roster trimmed down to fifty-three men. What does that look like for the Commanders? What are their weaknesses? What are their strengths as we head into week one of the season? So what does Ron Rivera have to play with? Um, I think there's a lot of interesting takeaways out of, obviously, this round of um, train camp cuts and, and the roster finally being molded the way they want it. Because I do think that they've strengthened themselves in a lot of ways. And I, and I do think there are other areas where they are weak. So we're going to go through that. We're going to go through maybe one or two surprising cuts. And then I'm going to play you a piece of audio from the locker room from after the Bengals game um, that I think really does kind of sum up what it is to be an NFL athlete. Uh, at this time of the year, um, you know, I, I'm blessed and, um, just so thrilled and honored to be able to, you know, have, uh, a role with the team that has kind of allowed me to see, um, a little bit beyond the TV screen, um, you know, working with the commanders and, um, being able to be there on game days, you're able to see kind of the nuances and the conversations and kind of the, the people behind the athletes. Um, you know, you get to interact with coaches, you get to interact with players, you get to interact with front office members. Um, and I think it's it's really clear, you know, I, when you're in a role like that, you can ask anybody who works in any capacity in the NFL or for that matter in any sport, how much you really do fall in love with these guys and these people, as people, as, as who they are. because you know when when the, when the television trucks wrap up, And the cameras are turned off and the lights in the stadium are off. These guys are guys. And I I say that, I tell you that story to tell you this one, that it does make, um, I think, the preseason cuts and and, and watching young guys fighting for jobs and careers, it it makes it that much harder uh, because, you know, you get to know some of these guys. You get to see the work that they put in every day. You you see who they play for. Um, You know, you see in their lockers pictures of their family members and pictures of their kids and their girlfriends, their wives, their moms, um, their siblings, their dads, people they play for and love so much. So it makes it tough. It does make it tough. But um, it also shows you just how hard it is to succeed in this league. Uh, and I think that that is such an underrated aspect that we just forget is just how elite and how tremendously talented so many of these athletes are. Um, but I, I think there's a lot to take away from this 53 man roster because to me, my, my takeaway immediately from this year, and I, I put a tweet out, you know, you can follow me at Connor Forrest underscore on Twitter or on X, whatever the hell they call it now. Who decided, uh, well, I guess it was Elon, but the, the name X is, 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 piss poor to say the least. Um, let, let's, let's just keep Twitter brother. Let's keep Twitter. I, you know, some of the changes you've done fine. Let's, let's not just call something a letter, please. Uh, Moving on, Um, on Twitter, I posted that something along the lines of saying that I felt like this year's roster cut down was a lot harder than years past because in a lot of ways, I found myself upset seeing multiple guys get released. Uh, And to me, I think that indicates the depth this team has. I think it does indicate how far this roster has come um, in different ways. Uh, How deep the running back room is, how deep the wide receiver group has suddenly become, Um, how obviously deep the defensive tackle room and outside linebackers have become. Um, The secondary was something of a liability a couple of years ago, and that's been shored up tremendously well. I mean, Ron Rivera and uh, Marty Herney and and Martin Mayhew did a really good job at addressing that in the draft this year. Um, you know, and then there are other areas where, you know, you, you have some question marks, you have, you have some risks, you, you have guys uh, like on the offensive line in the tight end group that you're going to need to really step up and, and kind of put a little bit more weight on their back than they might be used to. Um, so a lot, lots, of, lots of interesting takeaways. I mean, I could talk about it all day, but I think the gist of it is if you found yourself being emotionally invested in some of the cuts, um, that tends to signal a good thing. Tends to signal that your team has some depth, has some guys you feel good about, um, and guys you would fear losing. Uh, so let's go through to start with. Um, well, actually, to start with, I, I do want to get into um, I do want to get into two pieces of news. I, well, actually, three pieces of news before I get into the fifty-three man roster, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, and again, uh, tune in tomorrow for our full episode of After Further Review with Shawnee. Um, but we'll make this one quick because obviously, you know, next week we're talking about prepping for week one and then we're off for the races, uh, after that. Uh, so three pieces of news. Um, let's start with one. One is, this was via 106.7, the fan, uh, JP Finley, my good friend, JP Finley and Brian Mitchell, uh, from 106.7, the fan on their B and Finley show, uh, Jason Wright, team president was a guest on their show today, and he, uh, his quote today uh, was that the old Washington Redskins name is not being considered, period, uh, for any possible name change. Um, there was a lot of speculation with this petition that was going around that has well eclipsed 100,000 votes to petition the league and petition the new ownership to rebrand and bring back the Redskins name. Um, I would have wanted that tremendously uh, I know a lot of people who would have wanted that tremendously um, a part of my fandom quite frankly will never come back uh, because of the name it just I, you know I've said it before I, I, you know if I say it again it'll be the a millionth time um, it, it losing the name was was devastating for a lot of people and, and it matters to, to people listening who love this theme their whole lives and, and are older than you know 15 16 years old it, it means a lot. It means a lot to a lot of people. Um, and, and for people to downplay that, it just shows that they know nothing about being a fan of this team. So, uh, if anyone is not a fan and has an opinion, uh, on it, they, they probably should, um, basically take a long walk off a short beer. But with all of that said, I think it's pretty clear that the name wasn't coming back. I think it's pretty clear that the league has decided to move on from this. Um, I think, if this is toothpaste that you can't put back in the tube. I think once you took this step over the Rubicon, you crossed over um, the threshold of that door, there's no there's no going back. Um, I do believe that they will change the name Commanders. I, I do believe that. I believe that there will be a rebrand coming again. We just know today, based on Jason Wright's comments, that it will not be... Redskins. Uh, so I'm hoping I'll definitely try to give that a little bit more time to talk about that, and kind of the impact of that. Uh, maybe next week. I'm hoping to get some guests in studio for our Inside the Beltway episode next week. So, so stay tuned uh, for that. We can get into that uh, in a little bit more depth. Um, I wanted to talk about Washington's history uh, of second-round picks. After Fedarion Mathis, which this was a surprise to me, but Fedarion Mathis was put on the short term IR. Um, that's a real bummer. Uh, Fedarion Mathis obviously um, hurt himself. Uh, I believe he, I believe he tore his meniscus, uh, or it, I, I don't know if it was an ACL or MCL. Or, regardless, uh, I know he tore his meniscus. Fedarion Mathis did in week one of his rookie campaign, which cost him his whole season. But him coming back and starting on the short-term IR is is obviously not a good sign. Which brings me to my good friend Ethan Cadeau of NBC Sports Washington, now I guess is Monumental Sports Network. Um, But he uh, tweeted this out, which I thought was just a brutal stat uh, for Commanders fans to go through. Um, The number of games, this is at Ethan underscore Cadeau on Twitter, Number of games recent Commander second-rounders have played for the club. 2022, Fidarian Mathis, he played one game. He started one game as a rookie, and that was week one, the game he got hurt. Our 2021 second-round pick is Sam Cosme. And Sam Cosme, again, a good tackle. Looks like he'll, he'll be moving in to guard or whatever he's doing, but a, a good player. Not, not, not a tremendous standout, but, but a, a solid offensive lineman, I think, still has some room to grow. Uh, but he has 15 starts. 2020 and 2019, we did not have a second-round pick. So You have to go then back to 2018, where we picked Darius Guy, second round, running back out of LSU, who had one start. Uh, Ryan Anderson was a 2017 pick. He had four starts. And then 2016, anyone in this area knows who Sue Cravens is. Uh, he's the guy who goes to Dallas Town Center, gives out jerseys, has three starts, and retires uh, very quickly. Um, a really, really brutal stretch. We say how good this team has been. In the late rounds of drafting in the fourth and fifth round, very productive, good players. They cannot get the second round correct. And again, I think Fidarian Mathis is going to be a really good rotational guy, but, but the best of, uh, you know, abilities availability as is, uh, constantly said in the sports circles. And Fidarian Mathis, unfortunately, just is not available. So Fidarian Mathis is going to go to the short term IR that will free up a roster spot. So, um, you'll probably see one of these practice squad guys get elevated. Um, as well, there's going to be a little bit more roster kind of finagling uh, as as the week kind of progresses here. With that said, let's jump right into our 53 man roster. So I am going to drop in here a little clip. Uh, this was a recording I took from uh, the locker room on Saturday, uh, post game in the Commanders locker room. After the Bengals of Jarrett Patterson talking. Now, Jarrett Patterson is one of my favorite guys ever. A guy I, I think the world of. Fans love him. He is a local guy. He's a fan favorite. I've gotten, you know, to know Jarrett a little bit, um, just in our, our kind of short interactions here and there. And, uh, I just think the world of him. And then he had some, some wonderful words to say here. Um, so I'll drop them in here and then I'll catch you on the other side of these.
1: What do you take away from tonight? Um, just, uh, like I said, just, don't, it's uh, the whole preseason, don't um, count the reps to make the reps count like, like I have been doing. Like I always said, I know I can play in this league. It's just uh, about timing. And uh, I'm excited. You know, I'm, I'm growing as a, as a, as a professional, you know, as a player. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it could be worse. You know what I'm saying? I have a twin brother. His dreams is he wants to play in the NFL. He, he's on the outside looking in, looking for a job. And, you know, that's how I do. I do it for him and my family. You've done this now for a few years where you've been on the roster bubble. Does it feel different this year or are you more used to it? Uh, I've always been comfortable with that, you know, just in my life. If you know my backstory, I've always been counted out about it. You know, always earned and always clawed and climbed, you know, in every situation, you know, I try to make the best of it. And like I said, I'm comfortable being the underdog. What does EB say to you after a performance like tonight? Uh, EB, yeah, he, uh, when I broke the run, he said, did you know, it was uh, church mode, which means, you know, don't score. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly on the track. I yeah, I did. But, uh like I told, I told, I, I told him I didn't want to be great, you know, making the guy miss. But uh, you know, EB's a heck of a coach, man. And, and, and one day I, he's definitely gonna be a head coach. Just how he, you know, carries himself, and he definitely bring in a, a new, uh, a new, you know, a new energy around here. You know, and I'm glad he's here. The next couple nights for you, are they, are they sleepless? Or are you? Uh, how's it going? I mean, I kind of, you know, it's, I signed up for it. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, if it's here. Um, I feel like the worst is uh, P-Squad, you know what I'm saying? I have a job, you know what I'm saying? As some guys trying to get, get in and say, I'm, I'm here, you know what I'm saying? I always say, whenever we get the opportunity to do the, do the, the most with it. And no, uh, not nah, 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 really. I put it all out there. You know, I feel like I'm in the tank. And uh, it's only the beginning for, uh, for Jarrett Patterson.
0: So that's Jarrett Patterson in the uh, locker room talking about kind of the next few days. Um you know, and, and, and and how that worked. Now he was waived by the team. And and as of right now, as of recording, he hasn't been signed to the practice squad yet. Um, But I, I, I just, I think the world of Jarrett and um, he, I think his story is very similar to a lot of these guys. Um, We just have, I mean, over a thousand guys losing jobs uh, in the same 24 hour span uh, in an NFL calendar cycle, which is, which is tough, but it shows you kind of how, I mean, how this league is constructed. I mean, it is, it is, It is so difficult to get uh, into this league, and it's even more difficult to start and be productive. It just shows you the tiny little talent pool that we have and just just how good some of these athletes are. Um, I will say this, too. um, You just never know what happens to the NFL. You you never know when your name is called. You never know um, when you're called back up, when you're re-signed to a practice squad, when all of a sudden, and Jarrett knows this, uh, you're on a practice squad, and all of a sudden, you're thrown into a starting role because of a, <laughs> because of an injury. Or, or in Washington's case, I mean, we know this well at the quarterback position. It may be a couple injuries. Before we know it, you go from working in an insurance company or a Foot Locker on a Tuesday, and then all of a sudden on Friday, you're studying a playbook to start on Sunday. So anything can happen. That is how the NFL works. Um, but I thought that was great insight uh, from Jared Patterson. I thought I'd, I'd share that with you guys. So let's take a look at this uh, Washington 53-man roster, what this looks like. Um, and we're going to just go position by position here. So the quarterback room, you got two quarterbacks. Uh, a lot of people were tooting the horn for Jake Fromm right, to be that third quarterback. They wanted him on the roster. Um, they, they wanted to have a guy who could back up Brissette in case anything happened. Um, the days of having three quarterbacks uh, are over. They're long gone, and they should be over. Uh, you don't need three quarterbacks on an active roster. It's, it's a ridiculous notion. I've seen a lot of people – just dive headfirst into that theory that three quarterbacks are needed. Um, let me just break some news to you. Uh, if something happens to your quarterback one and then something happens to quarterback two, your third option at the quarterback position, by the time you get there, you're probably in in, in a world of pain anyway. So I, I'm not sure if it's, it's going to make that big of a difference. Um, throw Jake Fromm in your practice squad. You have him there. He'll be working with you and you're able to elevate him in the case that anything happens to how, uh, or God forbid, brissett or any of those guys as the season progresses. So quarterback room is, is laid out exactly how we thought it would. Uh, running backs are um, obviously Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, the kind of workhorses. I expect Antonio Gibson to take more of a receiving role this year. I, I really do see him um, you know, going back and, and, and kind of tapping into some of those college roots when he was a slot receiver um in Memphis. Uh Chris Rodriguez obviously rookie draft pick this year. He is also on the active roster so three running backs uh for your running back room. Uh the wide receiver room kind of fell exactly how I thought it would. Mitchell Tinsley, uh a UDFA. This guy is a rookie and he is uh he's on the active roster. Um Mitchell Tinsley is a guy who put the you know the 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 final marks the the sparks um you know, he he left the highlight reel on a high on Saturday's preseason finale with a first half touchdown, big one from Brissett, from Jacoby Brissett. Um, but this guy went to obviously Penn State, um, really really good receiver. Um, I think has a lot of potential, very shifty, good hands, um, good route runner, and I think he's going to be a guy. You're going to see Eric Bieniemy have some fun with him. So Mitchell Tinsley is kind of that that surprise in this receiver room. Uh, but this receiver room is just really, really stacked. Um, you got Terry McLaurin, obviously Curtis Samuel, De'Ami Brown, Jahan Dotson. De'Ami Brown and Jahan Dotson, I think, are just going to continue to elevate their game and be big impacts on this offense. And then Byron Pringle, former chief, and Dax Milne, who is your return specialist, but a guy who's pretty sure handed there in the slot and, and is a decent rotational receiver in there. Um, not really going to have much much to praise, but not much to complain about with Dax Milne. Um, he's a steady Eddie, uh, and he is on this 53-man roster. The tight end room, obviously Logan Thomas was back at practice today. That was Wednesday. He did not have any um, specific uh, injury designation, I don't believe. I know he's been dealing with a calf injury um, and obviously recovering from last year's um, injury, uh, but he looked like he was a full participant in practice. So Cole Turner and Logan Thomas are going to be your big catching uh, tight ends. I mean, these are going to be the guys that are going to define your receiving tight end room. Um, and the other two, Curtis Hodges. Again, this is a guy who's shown in the preseason. A lot of guy who, you know, guys who's gotten attention in training camp as well. And John Bates, uh, great blocking tight end. And yeah, obviously has shown his hands. He had a couple drops in that preseason opener in Cleveland, which were pretty ugly to watch. But I think John Bates is is a really, really good tight end that uh, you feel pretty good about. So this tight end room, as long as they can stay healthy, Cole Turner has dealt with injuries. Logan Thomas has obviously dealt with injuries. So as long as they can stay healthy, you know, you're talking about you know, a a group with some upside, but the the question is really, can they stay healthy? Uh, The offensive line group, I think this is going to be a group that you feel uh, a little bit of concern with. Um, I think that tackle position uh, with Andrew Wiley, I I hope, we've seen improvement over the preseason. You hope that carries into the regular season, but you've seen some struggle from him. You know, Charles Leno is a really solid starter. Um, but he's had his moments as well. And then really, I think what the team is just counting on this year is that, you know, Chris Paul and Sadiq Charles are guys that can hold down at that guard position um, and really hold their own. You're, you're putting a lot of weight on those guys uh, to do well. And I think if it backfires, this, this has the potential to be one of your weaker um, slash weakest positions. On the team, so Ricky Stromberg, Nick Gates, Andrew Wiley, Charles Leno Jr., Trent Scott, Chris Paul, Sam Cosme, Sadiq Charles, and Cornelius Lucas um, are there again. This group has to stay healthy. You know, if this if the injury bug you know catches in that offensive line room, um, they're in for a world of trouble. Uh, this this group has got to stay healthy. So knock on on just about every piece of wood. You can find that wraps up our offensive head over uh, head over. I don't even know what what in the world I just did there. I'm just mashing words together. Uh, but let's go over to defense and special teams defensive end group. Let's go around to our outside um, defensive ends and uh, linebackers here. Montez Sweat, KJ Henry, Andre Jones Jr. That's a guy who really stood out um, draft pick this year uh, during training camp in the preseason. Casey Tuhill, James Smith-Williams, F.A. Obata, and Chase Young wrap up the defensive end group. No no real surprises there. Um, I think Andre Jones is a name that if he can continue to polish himself, he stood out a lot. A lot of people were talking about him this year. Really flew around during preseason, and I think he's going to be an impactful guy to watch during the regular season as well. Defensive tackles, John Ridgway, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Darian Mathis. Again, Darian Mathis to that short-term uh, IR, so... Expect some movement around in this area. I don't know if they have a defensive tackle that's actively on the practice squad that they feel good about, um, bringing up. Um, I would have to imagine it's, you know, this is where Jack Del Rio gets creative. Or maybe you, you put Chase Young down there in a the three technique, uh, or Monte Sweat in a three technique and, and you just kind of have them act as, in, you know, outside defensive tackles in a, in a four three. Uh, so. Uh, who knows? You can get creative with that. That's that's where uh, Jack Del Rio earns his paycheck. So expect some creativity from him, no doubt. Uh, you could also see some creativity at that linebacker position, um, which which brings us there. Khaliq Hudson, David Mayo, Jamin Davis, Cody Barton. Uh, that rounds out your linebacker group. Um, a big story out of this linebacker group has been Jamin Davis's off-field uh, distractions and, and kind of how does that play out? Uh, I know, I, I believe he has a court date. It, I, it might have been today, to be honest with you. I know it was at the end of August, um, regarding his speeding ticket. So however that plays out, it's going to be very interesting to watch and see, um, how much time, if he does miss time, does he miss? Um, what does that look like? But this is, this is also a little bit of a thin group. Um, it's a group with, you know, a couple, uh, obviously, a, a veteran in David Mayo, um, guy who's played in the division, a former giant, uh, and Cody Varden, uh, former Seahawk. There's a, there's an offseason signing that, uh, they're hoping kind of steps in there and kind of take over that Cole Holcomb-ish role, um, at that linebacker spot. Um, Khalid Hudson, again, a guy who's been around. Um, obviously drafted here. Uh, he's he's going to be a guy that they want to see uh, take a, take another big step up this year. Um, so I, I, he's going to be a candidate to watch um, for, for kind of having having some pressure on his plate. Let's uh, bring us to cornerback, uh, a group that is tremendously improved uh, from years past. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes, first-round pick uh, out of Mississippi State. Benjamin St. Juice, there's another draft pick. Kendall Fuller, there's a veteran. Christian Holmes and Danny Johnson round out your cornerback group. It's interesting that they have Jartavius Martin, who they drafted in the second round. Uh, Jartavius Martin, they list him as a safety. He's a part of that safety group of Derek Forest, Cameron Curl, Percy Butler, and Jeremy Reeves, the all pro special teams guy, Jeremy Reeves. Um, so this secondary, I think, is, is tremendously, tremendously improved. And I mean, these are very young guys who, really, these are draft picks that were just hit out of the park. Um, Derek Forrest, uh, a guy who just sprung onto the scene last year. Um, uh, Obviously, we we all love Cameron Curl. That's a guy who's going to get paid big time when his contract is up. Uh, Kendall Fuller, a proven veteran, guy who's been around, uh, been with the team now two different stints. And Emmanuel Forbes, uh, Jartavius Martin, two young guys, upside rookies. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes, I think, shows you enough to make you feel like this guy could be a serious lockdown corner. Uh, So that, that defensive back group. Uh, Tremendously, tremendously impressive um, and very improved. Uh, Which brings us to rounding off, and we cannot forget about Tressway, our punter, Joey Sly being at Michael Badgley in the preseason and uh, taking that title, he will be the kicker, and Cameron Cheeseman at long snapper. Um, The question is going to be what they do for kick returners and punt returners. I'd have to imagine Dax Millen is going to retain that position. you know, a guy that people talked about who was a surprise cut, a cut that people, um, not necessarily was, I, I guess, I guess surprise is the wrong word because he, he had a very poor outing in his final preseason game with a muffed punt. And I believe he had two drops within, I think the same drive. It might not have been back to back throws, but I believe it might have been two drops and three throws. Um, was Kazmir Allen. Kazmir uh, Allen is a guy in college who was just so incredibly productive and electric and exciting to watch. And he came into the, the this team, and, and I think the hope was just have him take over that punt returning role. That moffed punt <laughs> the tap moft punt against the Bengals cost him a lot. Um, whether that you know gave coaches enough confidence to feel good about cutting him and, and, and signing him to the practice squad or not, that's where he is. Um, he is a practice squad candidate. But if I had to guess. I'd have to imagine after a couple of weeks, you could see easily Kazmir Allen being uh, upgraded and activated to the fifty three man roster and, and at some point this year taking over kick uh or punt returns. Uh, either of those. I, I kick returns I think would be a really good one. Uh but but punt returning, you know, you want that spark. Dax, Dax you know, Dax Millen is a sure handed punt returner. Uh he's a guy who's going to field the ball. He might not be electric, but he's he's not gonna drop it. Um and that that's worth that's worth something. So whatever Casimir Allen can give you if he progresses on the practice squad, don't be surprised if that guy's your punt returner um, coming into the season or coming into games at some point this season. Um, so so lots to jump in on, but that's where we're going to stop today um, because I think next week, now that we know the tools that we're playing with, we're going to be able to break down a little bit more as to what it's going to look like. Um, because we've been looking at this group of guys for for months now, um, and this coming week, you know, as as as, uh, as as the week we're we're in is wrapping up and prep and install for week one starts officially next week. Um, we're gonna start being able to really break down X's and O's and see how this plays out. Um, but so much to get into, so much exciting stuff. I mean, the season is. I mean, we are a week away tomorrow. We're eight days away. From kickoff Thursday. So, so many exciting things to come, and and we're so thrilled that you are along with us for the ride. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in with us tonight. After Further Review is going to be coming your way on Friday. So, make sure you are tuned in to After Further Review with Sean. He will be here. We will be broadcasting tomorrow night. It is time to bring the puppy to bed as you might have heard a little whimper lucy's first feature on the podcast but um we will be back for after further review on friday inside the beltway returns next week to break down and preview week one against the cardinals um be on the lookout we might have some guests next week so be on the lookout for that but for connor force inside the beltway is in the books we will see you for after further review on friday and we'll catch you guys on the other side